Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Today, I have the final powerhouse interview for you guys for the How to Have a Powerhouse ministry series. You guys gave me so much great feedback um, from the episodes and from the interviews, and I'm so excited to see what you guys do with all of the gems that you received in this series. But before we get into the last interview, I wanted to share something with you guys that I read during my Proverbs challenge. If you've been keeping up with the episodes, you know that I'm doing a Proverbs challenge where I'm reading a chapter out of Proverbs every day because this book is full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It also inspired me to write my first ebook, How to Walk in the Wisdom of God. If you haven't purchased that, head over to thechristianbay.com. It will truly bless you and truly help you understand the difference between knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So the verses that I wanted to share with you guys today before we got into to the interview was from chapter 15 and it's two different verses that I want to share so I hope you have your journals open the first verse that I want to share is chapter 15 verse 1 and it's a verse that I use all the time I say it to friends and family all the time and it says a gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare And I use this verse because what God is saying to us in this verse is that if you are in a heated argument or any type of situation with a relationship, if you respond with a gentle answer, it will deflect the anger. It will cause the situation to calm down. It's just like peace will be made with that gentle answer. But if you use a harsh word, it will make tempers flare. It will make the situation worse. So I really wanted to share this with you guys because I want you guys to take this time to practice learning how to respond in situations where emotions are high. It's very important to put to implant this verse in your heart and really try to exercise it and walk by this verse and really understand that Sometimes when you're in heated argument or in situations with people, they're not responding because of what you did. They're responding because of some type of inner hurt that they have. And your gentle answer can be the peace that they need. So the second verse that I wanted to share with you guys is also from chapter 15. It's chapter 15 verse 16 and it says better to have little with fear for the lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil and this made me think about our society today during this time this is the most that i've ever heard about anxiety and depression and just mental illnesses in my life when i was growing up in the early 2000s you didn't really hear about mental health that much not saying that it wasn't current current it just wasn't pushed to the forefront as much everyone wasn't so open about it and this verse made me think about it because during this time even though mental health is pushed to the forefront the things that we have in our possessions and our beautiful pictures on instagram and all of the places that we're traveling to that is also pushed to the forefront And I can't help but believe that a lot of people have great treasure, but also have inner turmoil because they don't have that relationship with God. They don't have that faith. They don't have that fear for the Lord. So this verse is telling us it's better to have a little with fear for the Lord. And I I would even add to have faith for God as well. To have fear and faith for the Lord is better to have a little with that than to have great treasure and internal turmoil. You can have all of these possessions. You can take all of the treasures 
trips, have all of the cars, have all of the clothes, and still have issues on the inside that hunt you at night while you're laying out of country, laying in the bed. You're still thinking about these dark thoughts. You're still experiencing depression. You still don't know how to fix that relationship with your mom. Even while you're in the latest name brands, even while you're traveling all over the world, there's still some inner parts of you that need to be healed. And that only comes from God. So I want to challenge you guys to really think about this verse and meditate on this verse and realize that if you don't have all of the extracurricular things, which is like traveling and jewelry and everything like that, but you have a relationship with God, you are rich in the spirit. And that's the best way to be rich is in the spirit. So I just wanted to encourage you guys because I know right now, A lot of people can't travel. A lot of people can't shop. A lot of people can't buy things. But one thing that you can tap into, one thing that you can have is the presence of God in your life, is God's love, is God's attention, is God's word, him speaking to you. You can have that right now without any other things that you may think you needed in the past. Now you have the most important thing. It says it's better to have little, which everyone is experiencing little right now because of COVID-19. It's better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. So if you don't come out of this with anything, I pray that you come out of it with inner peace and a new fear for the Lord and faith in our father. All right, guys, I pray that that bless you. Let's get into the interview. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Christian Bay podcast where Christ and culture connects. As you guys know, today I have a special guest for you guys that I cannot wait for you guys to meet. So without further ado, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. My name is Adriana Smith. I am a speaker, a certified professional life coach. I am the owner of The Huddle Agency, which is a life coaching and consulting company. I'm also the founder of the Huddle Conference, where champions are built, and I am a sports chaplain um, right now for the Miami Heat dancers. Also, I'm a former Miami Heat dancer and Miami Dolphin cheerleader. Go Heat! So, how did you get started in ministry? And not only how did you get started, how did you know that God was calling you to ministry? Because that's one, that's a big calling. It's a big Um, platform and a lot of people tend to run away from it so how did you know he was calling you to it and how did you accept it and move forward that's a really good question um for me it took some time for me to really know that God was calling me into ministry because as you know we'll hear the call we'll feel something but we just ignore it because we're like no I don't want to do it so for me um I actually started to walk in the ministry when I became a heat dancer. Wow. Which was very, yes, which was very weird because I know God was calling me into sports ministry, so that I was okay with, but I did not know God was calling me to preach, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did not get that call or really know that's what he wanted me to do until I made the team, and then God just started to um, groom me and prepare me. and was like, hey, this is what I have for you. This is, this is what I want you to do. And... I'm not going to lie to you. I ran. I love, I love you, but I don't want to deal with your people. Right, right. That's what it is. I'm just going to be real on here. I was like, you know, I don't want to deal with that. And then for me, I was 
like, God, you have me in a very awkward position because I, of the judgment, right? Of right, me being exactly. Cancer, and then now you got you have me out here in ministry. But I do believe that God was calling me at that time because he, one, needed me to go into a place to touch other people, but also he needed to show people that God can use you in the industry or the sphere that he has given you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I accepted the call um, to preach and, you know, to really step into ministry for real. Really embraced it like this year. But um, I, I stepped into it about two years ago. And ever since, I've just been trying to be obedient. <laughs> yes, because I remember last year at um Katusia's event, the Real Love Affair, we were talking about the Huddle Conference. And now, almost a year later, it's here, it's happening, it's active, and it's growing greatly. So it's just like to see you, well, experience you talking about it last year and now see you walking in it, that's a huge step. And I just wanted to acknowledge you for that because I know how heavy ministry is and how easy it is to run away from it, but you're actively walking in it. Right. And you know what? The, it's the, and also, too, I do think one of the reasons why people run is because, like you said, the burden of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like ministry always comes with a burden because it's not even the way of can I do this? But also you feel the weight of the people that you are called to, to yeah. serve. And so that's what makes the burden even more, because not only do you not want to fail with God, but now you're thinking, can I really serve these people? people? Exactly. Because I'm still flawed. I'm still trying to get it together. And now you're calling me to help them while I'm still helping me, trying to help me get closer to you. So it just all seems like a lot at one time. But one thing that I really, really love about your ministry is the fact that I feel like my ministry and I can relate to it when it comes to people looking at it from the outside. I know my ministry where Christ and Culture Connects Um, it's a lot of judgment from people. It's like you said, when you were a heat dancer, you have people like, okay, well, how are you going to dance with the heat and preach the word of God? Like, okay, y'all dancing in secular music or y'all have this on. And they don't understand that those heat dancers, they still need to hear the word of God too. Like I've had someone question me because I have a friend that's, she's a rapper. She still needs to know God. She still needs to experience his love. She still needs to encounter, come encounter with his word. And he has particular people that he's called to reach people in certain audiences. Everyone is not going to come to the church to get the word of God. He has to send some of us out. So everyone's ministry isn't going to look the same. And that's uh-huh. one thing that I like the or I love about your ministry is that that is the area that you're called to the heat dances, which people, some saints or some people in the church wouldn't necessarily think that God could create a ministry in the midst of that, but he did. Right. Right. As a matter of fact, the ministry existed before I even got there. Wow. I didn't even know it was a thing. So when God spoke to me about sports ministry, I was like, God, is this even a thing? And when I got there, I realized they had chaplains, you know, that was coming in and um, talking to the dancers and players. And so um, for me, I think God was just paving the way. The only difference is I was just the first heat dancer ever to be a preacher and a heat dancer at the same time. Exactly. So, you know, it it was definitely um, something different. But like you said, people have to understand that um, these people still matter, right? Some people are not coming to the church. Oh, sometimes God has to send us out, out yeah. to reach those people, right? Every time I went there, I did not preach God to them. I did not preach Christ. I let my life be a reflection. Yes, exactly. Yes. And then that allowed me 
uh, allowed him to really just open up those doors for me to still be in that in that place where now I'm still able to go back um, and encourage them and to pray and, and to do what God needs me to do there. And the, and the most important part of it with you dancing and being with them, you built a relationship and that will always outweigh religion. You have a relationship. Mm-hmm. They know who they can come to. And when they go through stuff, they know I can call her for prayer. Even if they don't get on their knees themselves or go to a church, they have a direct connection with God through you. And that's all we are anyways is vessels. Mm-hmm. So I love that, love that, love that. And I wanted to ask you, what is your definition of a powerhouse? Uh, that's really good. So first of all, I actually said, you know what? Let me really look up this word because I do think it's a word we throw around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But the definition of a powerhouse is a person or a thing of great energy, strength, or power, mm-hmm. or the potential for success. Now, for me, when I think my definition of a powerhouse is a is a person that really has power and what i mean by that you have the power to impact a life you have the power to be able to transform someone you have the power to help somebody move from where they are right now and get them to the next level a powerhouse individual is a person that is a person of impact yeah that's good it is a person of impact and 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 i and i want to make this clear because a lot of people associate powerhouses with popularity oh oh it's a word it's a word what because no because here's the reality you can be we always say it you can be popular but lack power yes and it's a lot of it's a lot it's a lot of that it's a lot yeah and so whether you have something small or something big the question is Am I impacting lives? And so if you're impacting lives, then you're a powerhouse because the definition says a powerhouse is a person of strength, a person of great energy, you know, a person of power or potential for great success. Then you already know that whatever you define as success, if you're doing that, then you're a powerhouse. Yes. That's good. And it, it aligns perfectly with something that God has been ministering to my spirit since I've been using this word powerhouse, doing the powerhouse ministry, is that your one, your power is driven by your pain and things that you experience that you've overcome. That's how you go out and you help other people. You impact people in the area that God has anointed you in. But another thing that he's been dropping into my spirit and I've been repeating to myself every day is make it your goal to save to save a soul. So what I mean by that is it's not about everything else that you see online. It's not about the pictures. It's not about whether people know you're powerful or not. It's about you being powerful and reaching the soul and getting that soul to God. That's where your true power lies. Are you changing lives? Are you making people's lives better than it was before you entered? Are you really creating a change in their lives and letting them know what God has done for you and what God can do for them? That's where power lies because God is the source of power anyways. So there's no way that you could be a powerhouse and really walk in power and embody power without being connected to him. So in mm-hmm. what way can you get a soul to God? Because that's you walking in the truest form of power. Exactly. So well that 
that aligned perfectly with what he's been dropping into my spirit in regards to having a powerhouse ministry, not getting wrapped up in everything can't be on online. Every You can't see every time you deposit faith or hope into a person. You can't post that. It's not about that. What are you doing in everyday life to help someone get better, to pray for someone, to transfer happiness or strength that God has given you and now you need to pour out into others? That's what really makes you a powerhouse, what you do in public and in private. I agree. I agree. Well said. Well said. I do think that's what people need to really understand um, because I do feel as though people think that I have to be popular. I have to be big. I have to, you know, be on this amazing platform. Exactly. Or I'm not effective or I'm not powerful. Or for people to look at me like I'm a powerhouse. The one thing I can say is when you're a powerhouse, you would never have to speak it or say it. People yep. will begin to identify you as that. Exactly. And so I, I feel like we already touched on it, but just in case you have any more, I wanted to ask you, what do you think are three characteristics of a powerhouse ministry? Because I have a lot of people that ask me about starting ministry, um, that are nervous about starting a ministry. They don't know if they're good enough, quote unquote, to start a ministry. So what do you think makes a ministry a powerhouse ministry or most effective in the eyes of God? Um. I definitely feel as though if you're gonna if you're gonna have a powerhouse ministry, then that ministry one needs to be founded on the word of God. Yes. Amen. There's no way Period. you can have a powerhouse ministry and exclude God. At all. He is power. So Exactly. So you need to have that thing founded on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's for basics. That's one on one. You need that. Because there's nobody ministry that is going to thrive or be effective if you exclude God. Amen. He is the rock. Also, um, I definitely feel as though that your ministry really needs to serve the people you're called to. The reason why I say that is because you cannot be effective if you're only trying to do ministry for yourself. Mm -hmm. Your ministry need to be about serving the people God has called you to. Mm -hmm. What problem is your ministry solving? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so um, I do feel as though people launch ministries and they end up losing focus of their assignment and the people they're mm -hmm. called to serve. Exactly. And so I do believe that one, you need to have God, God as, as the foundation, the word of God, Holy Spirit Two your ministry needs to serve the people that you're called to serve. It needs to solve a problem. And the third reason um, to how you can start like a powerhouse ministry or have a powerhouse ministry is you have to know the power that you have. Amen. I have to say that because here's the thing. You can't, you can't start a ministry that you don't believe you have the power to start or stay in. Right. Right. Because at the end of the day, we need to really know um, who we are first. I do believe that's the identity part of it as well. Right. Because the people, like you said, people may say, hey, how do I start a ministry? I mean, I feel good enough. I mean, like if you're already going into ministry like that, then it's, the enemy is going to have his way. A field day. Yeah. He's going to have Because you don't know day. who you are. Because you don't know who you are and you don't believe 
um, who God says you are anyway. Exactly. And so it's it's going to be hard for you to build. And then here's the thing. Here's the dangerous part about that, right? If you try to start a ministry and you don't know who you are, or you're going, or you're going through an identity crisis, the people you're called to serve, you would do anything for their acceptance or mm-hmm. validation. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're doing it for the applause. Exactly. Instead of doing it for God. And so I do think those three things are very essential. And it really comes down to the posture of your heart at the end of the day. Um, Your heart has to be right in order for you to really um, have that kind of ministry. Because the reality is, there's nothing you can do to make your ministry a powerhouse. It is all God. Amen. Right? It is all God. He is going to be the one to grow your ministry. He is going to be the one that draws the people. He's going to be the one that gives you the strategy for you to be effective and efficient when it comes to your ministry. And so it all comes down to that. And this is why I do believe before we even launch out and do ministries, make sure we're launching out and we're doing it for the right reasons. And I love the three points that you said because they all they all connect. Like if you think about it with having God as your foundation, that's making sure you have God as the foundation of your life before you even think about a ministry. Have God as the foundation of your life. And then when you think about serving the people, think about the ways that God served you. We're a reflection of God. We are his children. So the ways that God served you, that's how you'll go about serving the people. And then when it comes to knowing the people, know who you were. Your ministry is usually a reflection of who you used to be. And now the power that you have is the power that God has used into you to heal you. So if I use myself for an example, I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know all of the church rules or I didn't know what to wear to church or anything like that. But God still chose to build a relationship with me. He still chose to reach out to me. So when I think about my audience, my audience is most likely other people who didn't grow up in church and don't know where to start or feel like they can't be called by God if they don't know all of the books of the Bible. You think about who you were. I was that person that did not know. And through praying and God's relationship with me, he led me and he guided me and he showed me who he was and he let me know the church is just a building I can reach you where you are so now when I think about my people and when I think about my audience I don't have to minister in the church I can come to the studio where you're at and I can let you know girl God still loves you so when it comes to knowing the people no, think about who you were and how did God serve you and how everything changed when you made him the foundation and then you just repeat those three steps with each and every person that you meet right so I pray that y'all wrote those down because those three spoke to me, okay? Like that was three words in one. So I hope that y'all wrote them down and I wanted you to give them some information where they can follow your ministry, follow you, um, attend the conference, all of the good details. Yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. On thank your you. Podcast and, you know, just trusting me with your audience to just pour out and to share um, with them so thank you so much for that you're welcome um, well they can follow me those of you who are listening you can reach me on instagram and facebook at adriana a-d-r-i-a-n-n-a another a smith s-m-i-t-h also you could go ahead and follow the huddle conference which we will be posting the new date um probably for this year's you know, for this year, mm-hmm. probably um, sometime in uh, April because of everything that's happening. Right. <laughs> um, and so 
those um, details will be coming out very, very, very soon. So I really do hope you all come and be able to experience the ministry God has given me. And yeah, I'm excited to uh, connect with you all. And guys, if you follow Adriana on Facebook, on there, I remember you posting your testimony. I think you had a your um your headshot picture. picture and then your heat mm-hmm. dancer picture. So you guys, when you follow her on Facebook, go look for that post. It's very inspirational and it's just God. Like it's just how God moves. We we can never fully understand his ways because his ways are far above ours. So go on there and check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay podcast. Let's pray out. Father God, we just want to thank you for blessing us with another day to walk and fulfill your purpose. Father God, we want to thank you for each and every person that's listening to this podcast. God, we pray that my words and Adriana's words deposit seeds of hope into their spirit. Father God, I pray that we said everything that you wanted us to say. Father God, I pray that you have your way on this podcast, Father God, and reach whoever you wanted it to reach. Father God, continue to use us as your vessels. Father God, continue to keep the main thing, the main thing in our mind, Father God, and continue to remind us that you are the source of power. So we cannot have power or walk in power or display power without being connected to you. So above all things, we pray to continue to get closer to you, Father God, continue to create new levels of intimacy within you, Father God, and continue to just be a reflection of you on earth and in heaven. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye.